0: you are looking good. Everyone have a good Valentine's? Yeah. Who was spoiled? Put up your hand if you are spoiled. Yeah. Put your hand up, wife. <laughs> Get, higher, so everyone can see it. What am he's joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had a good uh, Valentine's Day. You know, everybody in this church here this morning has got a lot to be happy about. Yeah. Let me try it again. Everybody in the church this morning has got a lot to be happy about. Yeah. You know, I know sometimes life can throw us a curveball. Sometimes things get in the way. We can get sick and lose jobs and all kinds of stuff can rise up its ugly face against us, but we've still got stuff that we can be happy about. But you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there in the world, maybe even in this church, and they're not happy. They're not happy. And there's many people who complain and moan and whinge. <laughs> not you guys, of course, because these are lovely. But do you know why? Do you know why there's a lot of Christians who complain and moan and whinge and gurn all the time? Isn't that lovely on me babies? Do you know why? Because when we're happy, our flesh wants to get us sad. That's the truth of the matter. And whenever we should be doing something right, we're doing something wrong. Put up your hand, you did wrong this week. Yeah. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7, paraphrasing from the message, it says, I can anticipate the response that's coming. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm just full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then act another. Doing things I absolutely despise. So if I cannot be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. See, the only way, church, that we are ever going to get this flesh under submission is to give ourselves completely and totally to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only way that we're ever going to allow the Spirit to work out in our lives. We have got to walk in the Spirit, and that means we have got to be led by the Spirit and be full of the Word of God. See, we all know what spiritual things are, right? Praying, reading your Bible, telling people about Jesus, confessing our sin. When I say confess our sin, (laughs) I'm not talking about, like I said the other week, just getting on your bed at at the end of the night and saying, oh God, forgive me for this, that, and the other. I'm talking about don't sin. God doesn't like it. God doesn't wink at sin. He doesn't like it. Don't do it. See, if we do those things, if we practice the things of the Spirit and not the things of the flesh, then we will become more sensitive to the things that are of God. But the more we focus on the flesh, the more we get frustrated, and the more we get prideful, and the more we we don't read our Bibles... The more that we gossip and the more that we don't pray, the more that we tell lies and the more that we have sex without being married, the, the, the more and more we'll become sensitive to the things of the flesh. Did you know you can train yourself to be worldly? You can actually train your mind to be worldly. All you've got to do is sit around and watch TV all day. Sit around and play video games all day. Whisper and complain and moan and whinge and and then feel sorry for yourself all day. That'll teach yourself to be be worldly. And what'll happen is if you do that, your life's only going to get worse. Do you know misery enjoys company? Ever find when someone's miserable, they love telling people how miserable they are? Isn't that the truth though? Because misery loves company. I read a wee post on Facebook saying, if, if, if you want to get away from, from, from negative people, be the most positive person in the world so negative people won't want to be around you. I thought that was great. Because when you're negative all the time, when you're, when, when you're down all the time, that invites oppression into your life. It invites depression. It invites frustration just to come right in. It invites aggravation to, to come right in. But did you also know that you can praise your mind? Teach your mind to praise the Lord. Ever heard of a sacrifice of praise? You know, where there, where there might not be any, anything specifically happening in your life right now that might encourage you or invoke you to praise the Lord? Ever had situations like that? There's nothing at that moment that inspires you to praise the Lord. But do you see the second you open up your mouth and you start to praise? Listen, the Lord inhabits those praises and then the inspiration comes. Then what's happening is you're practicing spiritual things and and now you've got the strength to overcome the flesh and to walk in victory in every day of your life. Galatians 5 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody say love. Everybody say love. Love. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there's no law. Now, notice, church, that love is the very first fruit of the Spirit. Now, the Greek word there for that love is agape. It's the agape love. That means it's the God kind of love. My wee boy holding the baby. People on the hinge going, what? It's the God kind of love. It's the love that flows from God himself. And thank God, church, whenever we receive the Lord Jesus and we open up our hearts and we ask him to come in, he puts the love of God into the inside of us. He places that love on the inside of our spirit. Maybe you're saying, well, pastor, you know, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of Christians. And they don't show that much love. Don't show that much love. Well, let me just say to you: if they're saved, then they've got that agape love on the inside of them. They just, they just haven't developed it yet. You see, it's a spiritual fruit, and the good thing about fruit is it grows. When you receive the new birth, Romans 5.5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit takes the love of God and he places it on the inside of our spirit. That agape love gets placed on the inside of our spirit. But how many of you through your Christian walk have realized that the love of God doesn't go into you freely grown? You don't just get saved and wake up next morning and go, yeah, I love everybody. It's a fruit. It's a fruit. So how do we produce fruit in our lives? Well, Jesus says in John 15, but if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples, which means it's the word. It's all about the word. It's the word that gets you to produce much fruit. So we need to get serious about God's word. We need to become serious Bible readers. Now, don't just mean reading your Bible on a Sunday. You've got to get the word into the inside of us. And as we get the word into the inside of us, we begin to practice the word. And then, and then the love of God begins to develop in our lives. And maybe you're saying, well, pastor, you know, I really get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying, but I got this thing with anger. I've got this thing with anger in my life. I've got this thing with frustration, Pastor. You don't understand. I've got this thing. I've got this thing with unforgiveness. I've got this, this thing with lust. I just can't keep my eyes and my hands off the ladies. Or I can't keep my eyes and my, my hands off the guys. Uh, Pastor, you don't understand. I've just got this thing with addiction. Yes, you might struggle with these things. You might struggle with with, with one or maybe all of these things. But I know that I know that I know that there's nobody in this church building this morning that wants to be controlled by those things. You can. Everybody say can. You can win these battles if you begin to feed your love and starve your flesh. And as you practice that love that's deep down on the inside of you, that love is going to redevelop you. It is. It'll redevelop you. It's going to change your personality. I've heard people say, oh, I am who I am. I can't change. Nonsense. This will change your personality. This will change your attitude toward people. It's going to help you forgive. Anybody got to forgive some people? Listen, God's word will help you forgive people. God's word will help you reach people. It's going to help you overlook people's faults. It's going to help you overlook people's failures. It's going to help you overlook people's mistakes. It helps you be kind to each other. Listen to one, John 3:14. It says, "The way we know we've been transformed from death to life. In other words, the way that we can know we're saved is that we love our brothers and sisters. Anyone who doesn't love, listen to this, is as good as dead. That's mind-blowing. Anybody who doesn't love, God's word says, is as good as dead. Do you know one of the most amazing, outstanding, characteristical changes in my life when I got saved? I no longer wanted to hurt people. I no longer wanted to hurt people. I began to love people. And instead of reacting in the flesh, I can now tolerate people who annoy me. I can tolerate people who come against me, who hurt me. And I know that I've passed from death to life. I know that I'm saved because before I would have acted very differently to a lot of different people. But now I'm just full of the love of God. Say amen. Amen. You know the most amazing thing about love? It's the only commandment that the Lord Jesus gave to the church. It's the only one. He says in John 13, Let me give you a new command. Love each other in the same way I loved you. You love each other. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. And then James two eight says, You do well when you keep the royal rule. Well, well James, what, what's the royal rule, James? To love everybody else as yourself. I wonder how many of us are actually practicing that. Loving everybody else as yourself. That means that it will always work. Always. Everybody say always. It'll always work. If If you look at love as a law and not as a feeling, then love will always work for you. Because I don't know about you, but I don't always feel like loving all the people all the time. In fact, sometimes I feel like stringing them up. I do, so what I do then is I got to take it by faith because the Bible says I got to love them, so I can't string them up, I can't do those kinds of things, I got to do what the word of God says, so I take it by faith and I go to God and I say, God, really, I really don't feel like loving this person today or ever again because they've hurt me or they've wronged me or they've said something to me. But you know what, God? I'm going to do it anyway because your love is deep down on the inside of me. So I'm going to do it anyway. You see, when God tells us to love, it's not a suggestion. It's not a, here, guys, try this. It's a command. It's a law. It's a rule. Romans thirteen eight again, paraphrasing from the message, it says, don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love you owe each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been after all along. See, church, listen, you owe it to people to love them. You owe it. You owe it to people to forgive them. And I just don't mean the easy to love ones. You know, like your wife, or your husband, or your boyfriend, or girlfriend, or your family. It's easy to love those guys most of the time. But Jesus says this. He says, I'm telling you, love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for them. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best. God didn't say, go and pray for your enemy. In fact, go and pray that I will put boils in the face of your enemies. That's not what God says. He says you got to love them. Because when you mess, put up your hand if you ever messed up. When you mess up and you get things wrong, you go to God and you say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry for what I did. And what's God's forgiveness? It's his love. See, God doesn't owe us anything. But he chose to love us. And maybe you're saying, well, pastor, listen, if somebody hits me, well, if somebody hits me, I ain't going to knock them out because I demand justice. You want justice, really? You want justice? Put up your hand if you've done something wrong this week. And what I want you to do, if you want justice, I want you to go to God and say, Father, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you, I've done this wrong thing, I've said this and done that, and I've done all these wrong things, now God, I want justice, I want you to punish me right now, God, come on, bring the punishment, God, I don't know about you, when I do something wrong, I don't want God's punishment, I want His forgiveness. So when somebody does something wrong to us, do you think it's acceptable to God for us to want vengeance or, or to want justice? Of course we shouldn't want justice. We've got to just forgive somebody when they're us because that's what the Word of God says. The Bible says it. And that's the end of it, as far as I'm concerned. So we really shouldn't want justice when people mess up. We should just forgive them, love them, and move on. Here's something else. Listen to this. Galatians 5. It says, I suspect I would never, I suspect you would never intend this. But this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. Meanwhile, we expectantly wait for a satisfying relationship with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior. Faith expressed in love. See, if my faith is not working, if I'm not sensing God's presence in my life, then the first thing that I do as an individual is I check my love walk. Because faith's not going to work if I'm not in love. Faith is not going to work if I'm in rivalry. Faith is not going to work if I've got unforgiveness or bitterness in my heart. Faith is not going to work if I'm in the flesh. Faith is not going to work if I've got something against somebody or I'm not speaking to somebody for whatever reason. If that's, if, if that's us today, then faith is not going to work for you. Faith only works if I'm in love. Why? Because love will always have the right motives. Love will always have the right desires. Love will always have the right direction. Love will always be inspired of God. And if if our love is inspired of God, then our faith is also inspired of God. So what this is saying is, if you love, then your faith will work, your prayer will work, and you'll be an overcomer in this life. Say amen, church. But pastor, that's all... That's all well and good, but how am I going to make love work for me since love is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, all we've got to do is turn to, to 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. John tells us exactly how love is going to work for us. He says, this is the only way, not some of the way or part of the way. He says, this is the only, everybody say only, only way to be sure that you are in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. Wow! In order for us to know that we're saved, we gotta, we got we, we to gotta strive to live the life that Jesus lived, to be Christ-like, which is to be Christian. To be Christ-like. So, if you do the word of God, then love will be perfected in your life. If you don't do the word of God, then love will not be perfected in your life. Do I guarantee that most believers who are struggling with flesh issues do not spend enough time reading God's word or doing what God's word says to do? I guarantee it. I'd stake my life on it. Because pure love is not a feeling. Did you get that revelation there? Pure love is not a feeling. Pure love is not an emotion. Pure love is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual force, so it needs to be developed by spiritual things. Now, what are spiritual things? Well, the Word of God is a spiritual thing. In fact, it's the most spiritual thing in the entire universe John 6.63 says that it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Then John said, love is perfected by the word and we are to practice the word. We have got to apply the word of God to our daily lives and live how the Bible tells us to live. So love is per- perfected in us as we are doers of the word of God. Do you know there's a vast difference between the love of God and the natural love that we feel toward our wives and husbands and boyfriend, girlfriend, family. There's a huge, huge difference. See, natural love is based on what the other person will do for you. This is the truth. You don't love somebody for nothing. There could be a thousand reasons why you love somebody. I love him because he's got a great personality. I love her because she's hot. Like, that'll last long. I love him because he's good to me. He's a good provider or he's a good dad. I love her because she waits on me hand and foot. Not my house. (laughs) Natural love is based on what the other person will do for you. You don't love somebody for nothing. Like I said, there could be a thousand reasons why we love somebody. Say amen to that church. Natural love is based on what the other person will do. We love people because of something. Nobody can say that they love somebody without any reason whatsoever. Oh, well, pastor, I will, pastor, I love my children. I love these little babies just because. No, you love them because they're your children. You love them for something. You love them because they're your kids. Natural love can be so, can be so fickle. You know, we can wake up one morning. and man, you know what I'm talking about. We can wake up one morning look at our wives before they put their face on and say, you are the most beautiful creature that I have ever seen in my entire life. You are awesome. You are the reason why I get up in the morning. You are the reason why I breathe in the night. You complete me. And then come the afternoon, you're like, will you just get out of my face? You are doing my loafing. Give me five minutes, please. That's the same. But this morning, you see how to complete you? Love can be so fickle. See, natural love is ruled by emotions and feelings and, and circumstances, and it's based on the other individual. You come to church some Sunday. Oh, pastor, I love you so much. The worship was so good. The word was so for my life. I'm transformed. Come the following Sunday. Didn't much like the worship today. Bass was too loud. Music was too much. Smoke machine, lights were them. Yada, 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 yada. Pastor, your message didn't speak to me at all. Guys, that's not the agape love. It's just not. It's not. The God kind of love is built upon something that never changes. It never changes. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, "'What you say goes, God, "'and it stays as permanent as the heavens.'" Other translations say, "'Your word, O God, is settled in heaven.'" You see, the word of God tells me to love you today and to love you tomorrow. So we develop the God kind of love by doing what God's word tells us to do. And if you mess up, guess what? You do what the word tells you to do. And you go to God and you repent and you move on. That means I love people not because of what they can do for me, but I love people because God's word tells me to love them. You see, love is a verb. It's an action word. Do you see when I say church, I love you. And do you know what? I love all of you. When I say I love you, it doesn't mean that I've got this emotional connection to you like I have with my wife. It doesn't mean that. When I say I love you, it means that I am here for you and I will do anything that I absolutely can to help you in your time of need. It means I will encourage you. I will edify you. I will correct you. I will guide you. It means I will support you. I will be a rock for you. It means I will help you be the best version of yourself while you're here on earth and I will try my best to prepare you for the life to come. That's what I mean when I say I love you. Even if I don't want to. Even if I don't feel like it, I still love you. And as I choose to walk in love, my faith works, my prayer works, and I walk in the blessings of Almighty God. Listen, guys, don't give the enemy an inch to move in and steal something from your life. You are worth so much more than that. Do you know you're an overcomer? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an overcomer. You see, the Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That means there's nothing you can't do. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens It means that you're redeemed. You're righteous. You're seated with Jesus in the heavenly Wow! It means you're heirs of God. You're, you're God's children. You're His children. I hear so many Christians say, I just don't talk to my sister. I don't talk to my brother. I don't talk to that person. That person wronged me 20 years ago and I don't want anything to do with that person. And this person done this and that person done the other and I'm not speaking to this and that and the other. They're just wasting oxygen by breathing in and out. I want nothing to do with them. And there's people and they slag each other off and they run people down. They talk negatively about people behind their backs. Listen, guys, if that's you, that's not okay. Listen, it's not okay to do that. That upsets God. It grieves the Holy Ghost. Do you want to know what it is? It's sin. And then we wonder why God's not blessing us. We wonder why we struggle to read the Bible. We wonder how we struggle to apply God's word to our lives. We have got to get this in our hearts. We have got to fix our love walk. we got to get into the word of God because that is where we're going to find the answers to life's difficult questions. In the word of God. In fact, I'm going to pray for some folks this morning who are struggling with unforgiveness, who are struggling with reading the word, who are struggling with praying, who are struggling with applying God's word to their lives. And this is going to take a huge step of faith because your flesh, remember I said about your flesh always wants to get you down? Your flesh is going to say to you, no, don't go up to the front because people's going to think you're a bad Christian. People's going to think you're not doing things right. People, who gives a monkey's what people thinks? It's about you and Jesus. I don't give a monkey's what people think. If my walk's not right, I'll get it fixed. I don't care what you think of me. So don't worry about the person sitting beside you because they can't live your walk for you. They can't live your Christian life for you. They can't stand in in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords one day. They won't stand with you. It's just you and your own. I'm expecting a huge prayer line this morning if we ever want to see revival in this place we've got to get to a place where God can move we've got to take away the flesh we've got to take away pride we've got to disregard all that fleshy stuff and start seeing things in the spirit and start focusing in on the spirit and never mind what the flesh says if you want to move to another step with Jesus into another realm of the supernatural that's where we're getting that's where we're on our journey you see God is moving us every day on a a, a process a kind of a supernatural process changing us more and more into the likeness of the Lord Jesus so we got to move we got to operate we got to take some steps to get to that place where God can change and transform our lives and the lives of those who are around us so we're going to worship and those who want to receive prayer just make your way run to the front